You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome, welcome in everybody to Crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked On Vikings, and this football season has been quite a bit different, hasn't it? And Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These are the passionate fans who are the real general that Pepsi feels, because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. And today on the show is Crossover Thursday, which means we're going to spend most of it talking to Lauren Cox. Basically, Lauren and I just like trying to find something to fight about because we're division rivals and, and we couldn't figure, like, we were like way too chummy the whole time. So uh, if you're looking for a frustratingly friendly conversation with a division rival, this is the place for it. We talk about uh, the Bears and, and their defensive line, what's going on with their secondary. Now they have Mitchell Trubisky instead of Foles and all that stuff. We discuss all of that stuff. And I have a pretty hot take at the end if you stick around for it. But first, let's talk about some of the news. So there is something that I missed yesterday, and I'm kind of glad that I missed it because it, it evolved further. Uh, there's been some roster stuff going on at the bottom of the roster. I just talked about the Vikings releasing the practice squad kicker yesterday. Uh, so today, Mark Fields was waived. So the cornerbacks have gone this week that Chris Boyd was moved to IR. Since there's only three games left, unless the Vikings make the playoffs, that's it for Chris Boyd's season. He would technically be eligible to come back for the playoffs, but who knows if he'll be healthy by then. Uh, and Mark Fields was activated. He's been kind of on and off uh, IR and stuff. Of course, he had the punctured lung injury in the Lambeau Field game. He was activated for a day. But then on Wednesday, he was released. Uh, so this is interesting. It, it's kind of a vote of confidence in Cameron Dantzler. And Cameron Dantzler now for the last two games has played every single defensive snap, which was not the case before uh, he was rotating with guys like Chris Boyd, with Chris Jones for a little bit, with even like Colton Hill when he was healthy. So he was rotating a lot. Now he's playing every single snap. And that's kind of the vote of confidence from the Vikings because he's been playing so well lately that he's been just a, a straight-up starting cornerback. He's playing just as much as Anthony Harris and Harrison Smith. He's just part of the defense now, uh, which is a, a really nice thing to see for a third-round rookie. Uh, and now that, that the Vikings have basically lost Chris Boyd, and not replaced him on the roster, essentially says, well, we've got a guy playing one of these corner positions every single snap, so we don't necessarily need uh, a, a, that extra piece of depth to replace like rotational roles. We don't necessarily need an extra guy to rotate uh, because there's just going to be that many fewer responsibilities to fill, you know, instead of two cornerbacks rotating on the left and two cornerbacks rotating on the right or whatever, you have one cornerback on the left and two cornerbacks rotating on the right. That means you kind of your starter in a backup thing is uh, that much less stressed so they can afford not to have uh, an extra cornerback on the roster. And what that allows them to do now is upgrade uh, another linebacker off of the practice squad, which they probably did because they still maybe don't expect Eric Kendricks back. It's not a great sign for his injury status, uh, but they promoted Blake Lynch, the undrafted free agent rookie 
out of Baylor. And that's really interesting. So Blake Lynch, if you're unfamiliar with him, he's an undrafted rookie, and he's kind of a hyper-athlete, but he's been a little bit difficult to figure out positionally. But Baylor kind of had a tough time figuring out where to put him, uh, and, and he's played a whole bunch of different positions all over the field. He's, he's a very, very athletic player, but he's only been playing linebacker for like one or two years, I think. So he's he's very inexperienced, and it's interesting because Hardy Nickerson, who's kind of been that on-and-off-the-roster linebacker that's been on when they can kind of have him, uh, and they don't need extra depth elsewhere, and then when they need extra depth elsewhere because a million offensive line are injured or whatever, uh, they, they'll, they you know, cut Hardy Nickerson, use that roster spot on whatever they need, and then when they're done with that need, they'll cut that guy and bring Hardy Nickerson back. And it's really interesting that Hardy Nickerson, who's on the practice squad, perfectly available, but this time they opted for Blake Lynch. And there's a few reasons that could that, that could be. One is, you know, well, he he did actually get activated in uh, last week's game. He was activated just at one of the practice squad activations, something you can do during uh, the COVID year is you can activate two people off your practice squad every every week and you're not putting them on the 53-man roster. They're just being activated for game day, but they're basically a practice squad player who is playing on game day. You can do that twice for every player. Blake Lynch did one of those, and now he's been promoted to the actual active roster over Hardy Nickerson. I find that fascinating because Hardy Nickerson had some roster experience. He's been on rosters before, had some troublemaking team, but he was with Cincinnati for a while and was kind of a veteran guy with veteran experience and all that stuff. And Blake Lynch, hyper-athlete, but mega unexperienced, getting the nod over Hardy Nickerson says one of two things. Either one, he's ready for more special teams play than we thought, and that is a great sign for his career, that if he is good at special teams, and I do think he actually played pretty well on the few special team snaps he got against Tampa Bay, uh, I, I think he did get one like pretty good play in there, um, which is great. If that is the case, that is a great sign for his ability to make the team moving forward, or there's three games left in the season and they're just kind of starting to activate guys that have a little bit brighter of a future, guys with higher ceilings and getting some more snaps on those guys, um, but I, I kind of doubt that because the Vikings don't typically uh, behave that way until they're like mathematically eliminated, and they haven't been mathematically eliminated a lot in Mike Zimmer's tenure, so we haven't, we've only seen like one or two games maybe where they've actually just been like, well, there's actually no chance. Uh, so I, I, I think this is a vote of confidence. I think this is an, an interesting chapter in a career of a guy like Blake Lynch who will be really interesting to watch because he's played a bunch of positions all over the, all over the defense. Uh, he has not played linebacker for that long. And now that he actually is playing linebacker in the NFL at, according to the Vikings, a rosterable level, it'll be really interesting to see how that goes forward. And maybe they're just giving him reps as the young kid near the end of the season. But I kind of like to believe that he earned it. And if he did earn it, that's really cool for a guy's career that, I mean, when you're an undrafted free agent in the COVID year with no preseason and stuff, overcoming that and making your way onto a roster, even if it takes you all season, is really cool and commendable. And I'm really happy for the kid. But enough about that. Let's talk about the Bears, the Vikings, and the Kirk Cousins-led Vikings have finally beaten Chicago. They broke through their wall. And if you have a wall that you are trying to break through, how'd you like that one? Uh, whether it's a mental wall or a physical wall, let Bilt go. The best protein workout gel on the market be the solution to breaking through that wall. It comes in these easy to take one and a half ounce packages. You can put it in your briefcase, put it in your pocket, add it to a smoothie if you're really feeling chefy about it. Um, and it's really nice. They come in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. So like put it in a, in a, in the blender with a banana. That's the best thing I've figured out with the peanut butter, honey one is with the banana. That's fantastic. And it can basically replace your cup of coffee, I guess. That's how I've been using it, which is, uh, it gives you like a nice, like kick of energy, kind of like a five 
our energy, but without that jitter, without that crash that comes afterwards, because it comes from natural sources. Vitamins B6 and B12, it comes with a bunch of beta alanine, B3, honey, and a little kick of caffeine. So if you want to try Biltgo for yourself, oh, and a whole bunch of collagen protein, which is a fast absorbing, easy on your stomach protein. It's great for you. Uh, but if you want to try it for yourself, go to BiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED. You get 20% off of your next order. That's promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BiltGo.com. Let's go. All right, so we're about to get into Crossover Thursday. Uh, if you're looking for a more straight-up preview of the Bears, that it's going to be tomorrow, where I'll watch some tape and I'll look at the the like things about Mitch Trubisky is probably what we'll talk about for most of that episode. We'll really dive into them. But for now, let's hear from somebody who covers the Bears daily, like I cover the Vikings, and that's Lauren Cox. So here is that conversation. All right, welcome in, everybody, to this week's Crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Of course, I'm Luke Braun, Locked On Vikings, here with Lauren Cox of Locked On Bears. Always a good time talking to you, Lauren. Let's start with uh, the quarterback situation. We're going to see a different guy than we saw last time. Obviously, Nick Foles uh, still unavailable, and now you have Mitchell Trubisky, who's coming off a pretty good game. Yeah, and to be fair... Technically, Nick Foles is available. They have oh, just he is. to go completely forward with Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, the injury uh, necessitated the change initially, uh, but Foles was ready to go. I think two weeks ago against Detroit, he practiced and was active for the game as the backup, and now he is considered uh, as 100% healthy as you can be 14 weeks into an NFL season. But yeah, it is it is gotcha. the Mitch Trubisky experience, and we're sort of back to the same Mitch Trubisky discussion as before, right? So like six, six weeks of a losing streak kind of lowered the bar in terms of quarterback mm. expectations. So like the bears just wanted somebody to consistently complete passes. And now the offensive line is playing better. The running game is playing better. Receivers are making more plays and now, okay, they got some accurate quarterback play and a lot of great plays after the catch. And now we're back to where we were with Mitch, like, entering the season. It's okay. There are some limitations here and how consistently can he play well against a really good defense? And so like to some extent, like the bar and the goalposts moved and now they're just back to where they were originally of like, you know, against the Texans, 75% of Mitch's yards came after the catch and his average depth nice. of target was 4.4 yards past the line of scrimmage. So like it, it was the second lowest. <laughs> it was Quick, short dump off rollout and credit to Matt Nagy and Bill Lazor, who's calling the plays, the offensive coordinator. They found the right way to make it work with Mitch. The real question kind of moving forward is, will that work when it's not the Detroit Lions and the Houston Texans? And will the Vikings defense be enough of a test to let us know if it will work against a better defense? Yeah, I, the Vikings defense is like suddenly very interesting that they, they've got one of their corners is starting to ball out Cameron Dantzler. Uh, you know, they've gotten like a lot. I mean, we'll talk about it later, but it's going to be a, a much more interesting matchup to see if they can't rally and tackle on some of those shorter passes. But there, there's a bit of a movement, I understand, to uh, to get a, a few more years of, of Mitchell Trubisky, which I personally am in favor of. And I don't need to tell you the reasons for yeah, you know, we always end up so chummy on these podcasts. And part of the problem, I think, is that we agree so much. But, I mean, I totally understand why you... I know, we have to, like, fight. Yeah, we got to... And then we got to figure out some ways to be a little bit more... The problem is, we have to save our anger for the Green Bay Packers and Peter Bukowski, because... we well, And our own teams. Yeah. <laughs> I, I reamed them on the show yesterday. It's them, absolutely. But, no, there's definitely... 
there's there's always been a split in Chicago between Matt Nagy and, and Mitch Trubisky and whose fault is it if things go wrong and who gets the credit if things go right. And so now that we're mm-hmm. seeing Trubisky play at a high level again, kind of after having been benched and have this sort of, I don't know if revelation is quite the right word, but a little bit of a refocusing and a, a better perspective on where he is in his career playing at a high level. There's this feeling in Chicago from some big Mitch Trubisky fans that are, are sort of saying, see, he is a good quarterback and this does work. And it's not now the difference is that the bears have finally put him in that position to be successful. And I think that's true to some extent. This, this may be the best we have seen the bears support Trubisky since like that 2018 season when they went 12 and four. But again, we come back to that same question of like, isn't that this kind of feels like the ceiling is the high completion percentage and a lot of yards with a lot of it being easy quarterback decisions and yards after the catch and whether or not that's sustainable against better opponents and over the course of a longer stretch of time. And I I certainly have my doubts about that and why I'm, I think Trubisky is still destined for another franchise next off season. Yeah. It sounds like the, the the bears are supporting Mitch Trubisky in the same way you're supporting a, an overcooked bland steak by putting steak sauce on it. It's like, you're kind of hiding the problem, but I guess it works. Yeah. it's, It's like, he's the kind of quarterback you can win games with, but maybe not the kind of quarterback you want to have to start for all 16. Right. Yeah. Maybe win games with, but maybe not because of, which is exactly. a concept we're pretty familiar with in Minnesota, but let's, let's talk a little bit about the defense. So where's the defense at right now? I know in the last matchup, uh, we, we lost Akeem Hicks for uh, almost half the game that ended up to be being really, really impactful. So he's back. There's still Khalil Mack. He's still playing well, still have good corners and everything. Jalen Johnson. I feel like I went into to last the last bears game going, wow, Jalen Johnson, best rookie in the class. Uh, that probably isn't true uh, anymore. I think it might, it's probably AJ Terrell, but is he still playing well or was he just kind of on, uh, on a hot streak that has ended? I guess a, a little bit of both. Like he is still playing well, but he isn't playing as well as he was before. And actually last week he suffered an injury against the Houston Texans. And off the top of my head, I don't remember if it was shoulder or ankle or something like that. And he is going to be questionable to start this week. The bears keep kind of calling him day to day. And I would imagine it may end up being sort of a game time decision. We'll see as the week goes on. And then also at the same time, the slot cornerback buster screen is mm-hmm. still in the concussion protocol. And so, Oh, it's, he did not play last week against Houston. And so it's been, it's been, I think he suffered the concussion against Detroit. And so he missed a full week and is still in the protocol, leaving that very questionable to see if he's going to be able to play. So it may not be a full strength bears secondary, which is a concern. They, they're not the deepest in terms of experience. They have some young guys that they like, but not a lot of guys with NFL starts behind Kyle Fuller. So that's definitely a real concern for me, especially after how well Kirk Cousins seemed to be able to move the ball through the air against this bears defense. Just a few weeks ago, the defense as a whole, was really struggling towards the end of that losing streak. They seemed to find something against Houston, and they shut down Deshaun Watson in a way that I was more impressed with than I thought it would be on first watch. Like Going back through, they were able to do a lot of things. Watson holds the ball too long, but they were still getting some good pressure. And having Akeem Hicks back from injury really brings a little bit more energy. He's kind of the heart and soul of the defense. As much as Khalil Mack is sort of like the big-time, highly-paid playmaker, Hicks is sort of the energy and the engine that keeps things going. So... Overall, I have a lot more confidence in this defense right now than I did three weeks ago when they were struggling a little bit more. But those injuries in the secondary, I think, are going to be critical if they end up having to start maybe a rookie fifth round pick in the slot and maybe last year's sixth round pick filling in on the outside for 
for Jalen Johnson because Buster Screen was kind of their fill-in outside cornerback. You know, he'd play he'd play in the slot, and yeah. if they to pop him outside, he would be kind of their first option. So they may have to bring in somebody else, somebody off the practice squad to help at cornerback, and and that's a real concern against Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. Yeah, especially in the slot because that's that's where the the Vikings like to put those guys to attack. If you don't have, uh, you know, the, uh, a Bryce Callahan for for example, which is how the Bears were able to do it. But I think it's, it probably comes down to pressure, right? It's Akeem Hicks, it's Khalil Mack. That's how you protect those corners. But that has as much to do with the Vikings as it does with the Bears. So let's flip it around in a little bit, so we can start talking about kind of where those those matchups actually attack the Vikings or not. Of course, this football season has been a lot different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter what you're watching for this season. Whether you like the Vikings' odds to get into that seventh seed, maybe make a little noise in the playoffs, make an improbable run, or if you're just watching for draft position, maybe you're starting to look at the rookies already, whatever you're here for, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real talent that Pepsi fuels, because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. All right, before you get back into it with Lauren first, so I've had the worst season in the world betting. I've just hemorrhaged money on my bets this year. And betting on the NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game anymore, which is great news for me. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q, it is Locked On Raiders, we talked to him last year, and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast, brought to you, brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get podcasts. I know I'm going to be listening every single day. All right, welcome back into this crossover Thursday. Lauren Cox from Locked On Bears here with Luke Braun from Locked On Vikings. And let me just get some of the crumminess or the chumminess out of the way. Now, it was a Freudian slip because I was going to say the, the Minnesota Vikings are crummy and they don't belong as the number two team in the NFC North and they are going to miss the Does playoff. Anybody? <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good point because Kirk Cousins is terrible and they're just Dalvin <laughs> Cook and a couple of good wide receivers. And, you know, that defense is overrated. And Mike Zimmer should have been fired weeks ago, even though they've won a bunch of games in the last, like, six weeks or anything. So get that out of the way. You went about two for five there. But that's good. <laughs> <laughs> but the Vikings suck. We all understand. So I guess let me let me start with last week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It kind of felt like the Vikings were cruising a little bit there. You know, they beat the Packers after the bye week and kind of swept across the division there and held on against the Panthers and went into overtime with the Jaguars. Tom Brady, come or they head into town to face Tom Brady, and things seem to fall apart a little bit more defensively against a, a Tom Brady offense that I think a lot of people have had some concerns about just how good they actually are and how good Brady is. I guess, what, I guess let me start there. What is the state of this Vikings defense and what sort of went wrong last week that seemed to be going well in the previous games? Yeah, I, I think with the, the game against Tampa Bay, nobody really blames the defense for that one. Um, I, I think they played admirably. They were set up with a few short fields because Dan Bailey missed a million kicks. Uh, right now, we are in a deep in a in a kick in, deeply embroiled in a kicker scandal. I'm sure you're familiar with that. Um, but yeah, the, so I, I don't think people blame the defense very much. I, I think we've had they, they've basically been relying on two rookie corners for most of the season, Cameron Dantzler and Jeff Gladney. Cameron Dantzler seems to have figured it out. He's playing out of his mind right now. Uh, and they've actually they I think they're on the cusp of asking him to shadow, which is a really, really big deal. That's a big graduation cap for for Zimmer's defense. So he's really exciting, but they still don't really have much in the trenches. Their run defense has been suspect. Now they're looking to be without Eric Kendricks 
for a while after he suffered a calf injury and in warmups a couple weeks ago. Uh, they, they don't have Daniel Hunter or Barr like they thought they were going to before the season. I mean, we're, we're working on, on backups and people who barely made the team and, uh, they just haven't really been able to generate a lot of pressure. They blitzed, I think seven times and they generated three pressures on Tom Brady, the entire game blitz or otherwise. So it's been a really, really rough time getting to the quarterback, been a really rough time in, in run defense because they just don't have a lot of horses up front there, but their secondary has come along reasonably. It's still very young and prone to mistakes, uh, prone to, you know, biting on deception and stuff with crafty route runners. But I, I think right now I'm a, a little bit more worried about the front four than I am about the secondary, which is about the exact opposite place that I was in, you know, weeks one and two. And what about the guys up front on the offensive line? It seems like a, oh a, a, a kind of a, a group of younger guys. And, you know, you just talked about defense guys that weren't really intended to start. I think there, there was more of an intention for some of these younger offensive linemen, but more of an understanding that there's a, there's always going to be some ups and downs along the way. It seems like there's been progress, but I guess, how would you, how would you mark that progress when, you know, both in, in the running game and in pass protection? Uh, it's not great. <laughs> I mean, I, I think Bradbury, Bradbury had a solid start to the season. He's kind of been, uh, falling by the wayside a little bit. I think he's been playing like kind of average ish, but inconsistent. Brian O'Neill at right tackle has been having a pretty rough season. He actually stood up to Khalil Mack pretty well in, in previous matchups. Um, but he hasn't had a great season. Riley reef is having an, a, a fantastic season, uh, maybe earning an extension for himself, but the guards is where the problem really is. Dakota Dozier intended starter Dakota Dozier. That was a mistake. He's been abysmal. Uh, Ezra Cleveland right now is a left tackle playing right guard and a rookie that didn't have a preseason. That's going how you would expect. Uh, so it's, it's this really, really big problem and they really struggle with stunts, which is kind of what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they were able to generate, I think 20, seven pressures against the Vikings on like 48 dropbacks or something like that. Like just this ridiculous rate of pressure, almost half of Kirk Cousins snaps were pressured. Part of that was uh, blitzes that were undiagnosed. So they didn't adjust their protection. Right. But a big part of that was just a four man rush with a twist in it and the Vikings would collapse. So if, if you're the bears, you know, if you're uh, uh, Chuck Pagano trying to figure out how to, how to run, how to get pressure against this defense, I would say just don't blitz rush four, do a stunt and you can drop seven into coverage comfortably every single play. And the Vikings will just kind of bumble and stumble over themselves. And suddenly you'll find yourself with five sacks. Well, I, I take complete pleasure in informing you that that has been their pass rushing plan week in and week out has been a lot of stunts against every opponent and they blitz on third downs and they play man coverage behind it. But other than that, it is stunt, 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 stunt. And it has worked very well and worked very well against the Houston Texans last week. So enjoy that. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's going to be a big factor in this one. <laughs> that's, that's what I think is fun about this is like, you've got the big factor of the bears defense being able to stunt and get pressure with that offensive line, but then also the Vikings receivers being able to attack the slot in the middle of the field where the mm -hmm. bears have absolutely been their weakest. So I guess to, to wrap up with that, uh, which, which weakness versus strength wins out in your opinion? I mean, it's going to be a different bears team than we saw what four, four or five weeks ago when they played last time, but I don't know that it's going to be like a drastically different team, but then the Vikings kicker issues are also in here. I guess wh where's your level of confidence in Minnesota as compared to what you know about the bears? I mean, my level of confidence in Minnesota is just in the pits right now, just because that <laughs> loss was so frustrating. 
Um, but I'll, I'll try to be more objective about it. So I think what the Vikings will probably do is you kind of will back off of one advantage to make sure the disadvantage doesn't kill you, right? So you you have, uh, you have can line up Justin Jefferson in the slot. That's a great mismatch, but you can't have him run a long developing route because you'll just take a sack. So you'll just have to throw a little bit shorter. So maybe they dial back the uh, the depth of target a little bit so that you, you don't just die to your offensive line. That's a really unfortunate thing to have to do, but I don't really think they have a choice right now unless they can fix the way that they, they play against stunts, which they, is it's pretty unreasonable that they're this bad against stunts in the first place, especially considering they have four of five intended starters on that offensive line right now. It's been a relatively healthy unit. It just stinks. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I think this would be a toss up game for me. They're both six and seven teams. They both have a litany of issues. They've both been really disorganized. Uh, and so I guess I would just default to the home team. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't think that uh, I have much confidence at all in this game. I don't have a great sense for how this one's going to go. And I definitely think that there's a path where we go, well, you know, the Bears sacked Kirk Cousins seven times and one by 13. <laughs> yeah, this is, I think, as unpredictable of a, a Bears-Vikings matchup as we've seen so far. Because I don't think, I just think we still don't really know what these two teams exactly are or how good these two teams are and we're 14 weeks into the season. So a lot to learn on Sunday. It'll be a fun matchup. And Luca, I appreciate you taking the time and a fun crossover. As always, we still ended up being far too chummy. <laughs> yeah. And I, I will say too, the, uh, the, the Vegas agrees with us. They have no idea who the better team is. So they're just going with the three point. That's the bet online line is just Vikings minus three. Uh, they're, they're just going with the three point home field advantage and saying, we don't, we don't know what to make of these teams either. <laughs> well, I should, I, we, both be here saying that the other team is terrible and that the bears are clearly the better team. And the bears are going to take <laughs> there it is. On the Vikings because they've got the better coach and you know, they figured out Mitch Trubisky and they figured out the offensive line and their defense is elite. And that's, what's going to happen in this game. And you can tell me all about how the Vikings weapons are going to be too much for this bears defense to handle. And this enjoy Vikings. some record breaking performances by Justin. We need better teams. So we actually have something to fight with. Well, this Viking secondary is going to shut down Allen Robinson and Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> there it is. Oh, Cameron Dantzler versus Allen Robinson. I'm calling the upset. L- legit, I think Dantzler can handle it. <sighs> I don't know, man. Allen Robinson is hot. He's the only receiver Trubisky would throw to beyond 10 yards down the field. That's where he's going to be trying to go. But it, it's going to watch be what he did against Mike Evans. He actually handled Mike Evans really, really well. And I feel like Allen Robinson's a reasonably similar styled receiver. And it's not like Mike Evans is any slouch, right? Like I think Dancer can handle it. That's my hot take. Take that to Bears Twitter and they can fight me about it. I, I do love the hold me closer Cameron Dantzler Twitter meme nickname. <laughs> exactly. I, I, Tiny Dantzler. Jalen Johnson has nothing on that. I'll give you that. He's uh, He's been wearing a uh, little like reindeer at, uh, outfits because, you know, Prancer and Dantzler. Oh, God. <laughs> You would never get that in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> that is like some deeply like Nordic Minnesota stuff. Oh God. That's, that's the Vikings for you right there in a franchise. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Funnier than they are good. <laughs> All right, Lauren, thank you so much for hanging out. We'll fight more next year. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll have more to fight about then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Take care. All right, so there's a bunch of interesting stuff that Lauren said in that, uh, even though he wasn't mean enough to me, <laughs> that I want to follow up on. We're going to talk about all that stuff tomorrow. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter at LukeBraunNFL. You can find the show on Twitter at LockedOnVikings. If you have a bold prediction, send it to me at LukeBraunNFL or at LockedOnVikings on Twitter, and I'll make sure I can get it in for the bold prediction segment, which we always do on Fridays. I'll put out a call for these two. Uh, I'll probably put it out sometime during Thursday Night Football today, uh, so you can see that as well. But 
Either way, I'll see y'all tomorrow. And as always, skull.